This episode is proudly sponsored by Chronologic. By the time you contact a buyer with calls and emails, someone using Chronologic has already held the meeting. Learn more about how to harness the power of AI scheduling at scale. Visit chronologic.com at the link in the show notes. There's really nothing that beats being able to see and meet and talk to somebody in person. And whether that's at a multi-day event or you get to bring together customers and prospects, it's, it's, it's the value is, is almost immeasurable. So, you know, I would encourage you if you get invited to something to attend it. And if you aren't doing them, if you aren't doing the events, start looking to see way, you know, using the tips that we've given you, what things can you do within your own domain to, to make these events work for yourself. I'm Scott Logan, and we're making fun of marketing. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Making Fun of Marketing. You've all got a hard job, and we think this might be a bright spot in your week. We've got some great content, kind of pokes fun at what we do because it is so hard. And also, we do want to leave you with some great takeaways and insights and, and things you can try and practice right away. If you like the, the listen, go ahead and give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show. We'll have more podcasts available at chronologic.com forward slash podcast. Today, we have Don Otvos, the VP of Business Development and Alliances at Lean Data. He's also held senior leadership positions at companies this audience has probably heard of, like uh, SalesLoft and MuleSoft, which was acquired by Salesforce. So uh, thanks for joining us today. You bet. I'm glad to be here. I usually start off when I first see you on the recording here. Uh, what is burning you right now? What's top of mind? What's, what's the thing that you want to be passionate about at the moment? And you said events. Yeah. And so perhaps there's a uh, making fun of marketing moment where perhaps you weren't a traditional marketing career path. It looks like you were a sales rep. You lead some sales portions of the business today. And uh, you, you may have discovered a few things about the trials and tribulations that you may face as a marketer that weren't quite evident. Sure thing. The thing that, that came to mind for me was like events kind of post-pandemic. How do we make them successful if we're going to do them in person? Obviously, during pandemic, it was all about webinars and, and you know, uh, yeah. everything was, was over the air. Webinar Palooza 2020. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, there was nothing that was in person at all. And, and then as the, the pandemic kind of loosened up a bit and people were comfortable traveling, you kind of saw the, the larger multi-day events. You know, those were okay to, to, to go to. I used to see a lot of success around in-person events that were necess weren't necessarily multi-day events, right? So like maybe taking, taking a set of prospects and, and, and customers out to dinner, let's say, or maybe bookending something like that with, with a larger, larger event. That's kind of where I'm, I'm seeing challenges. And, and, you know, like I described to you before we went on air, like I, I just think about myself, right? Like during the pandemic, I ended up moving and, and I don't live close to the office. I'm in a hybrid role. So I'm not commuting every day, but I'm commuting every other day. Right. So, so if there's an event that's near my office. I'm probably not going to go to it unless it coincides with the day that I know that I'm in the office. Right. And so I think, I think that's happening a lot. So like when people try to, to do like a, Hey, let's, let's do a happy hour or a dinner midweek, you find that, um, you're not, I'm not seeing a lot of success with it. And the, for some of the advice that I'm getting, I'm having to turn them down just because it doesn't make sense for me to, to, to travel for something like that midweek when I'm not going to be close to the office anyway. Yeah. For me, I work from home exclusively. I go in for like quarterly meetings and travel to the events and things like that. But my office is uh, across the country in, in Austin. There's a person who 
is a prospect of mine and a neighborhood friend. And I'm like, we, we keep running into each other at the grocery store saying, hey, we should go out to lunch together. It's been a year and a half. And there's a restaurant in between our houses that are within a mile of each other. We still haven't got to lunch. Yeah. And it's been scheduled like 20 times. It's so hard right now to even leave your house to go do something when everyone, everything's back to back. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very true. And you know, the, the other thing that I think that's funny about it, right? I'm trying to poke fun at marketing. What makes me laugh is when I get these invites and it's like, it's for something that's in Atlanta, right? I'm not, yeah. I'm not in Atlanta. I work for Sales Loft. I'm not in Atlanta, right? I'm in San Francisco. And it's, hey, Don, let's go to a Braves game. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not, not going to travel to Atlanta for a Braves game. So I think one of the challenges in doing some of these events is just understanding where do your prospects actually live? And that, that motion has gotten so difficult now. Even with some of the best enrichment tools that are out there, uh, they're still not aligning where Scott Logan of Chronologic lives. It's in Austin or Don Otbos of you know, Lean Data. It's not Santa Clara. And so that, that I think is a huge challenge for marketing to overcome. And it's, it kind of makes me laugh when I get these invites for things that are near the headquarters, but not near me. Yeah, yeah. I've always said with our my engine teams, you could have the best campaign in the world, but if you don't scrub your data and clean it and validate it, it's going to be a disaster no matter what. Yeah. And even if you do that, it still might not turn out. For instance, I've always done until the last like five years of my career roadshow series. Uh, it was introduced to me in my first demand gen campaign manager role in like 2011. And I was doing like anywhere from 20 to like 30 roadshows a year as part of like the events team. And they were all pretty, pretty good, but you really have to know the area too. It's like, oh, we can't just go to a Braves game blanket. Yeah. Um, we went and had like four or five successful shows at this one point in time. And I was at a contact center technology company and we were like, okay, the CEO wants to go to one of these because he's hearing good things and sales reps keep talking about him. And so I go, Chicago, that'll be a great <laughs> one. Well, it was in downtown Chicago. Guess what? Everybody was living in the burbs and no one wanted to touch downtown with a 10 foot pole. Right. And we had like six people show up right. when the events before and after had like 40 people in the room. I'm like, oh, and there, what did, it was just a complete disaster. But the show as a whole, the series was fantastic. And here the I have seemingly a black eye on me now at the time I thought because the one time I brought the CEO was the one time that it was a complete disaster as far as showing. And that was in like 20, probably 12 or 12 or 13. Yeah. And that even, that's even happening today. There was an event that we hosted at another city that's, that's similar to Chicago in the, in the fact that it's very sprawling is Atlanta, right? Like, uh, and this wasn't when I was at sales lock, but we were hosting an event at the Georgia Aquarium. If you ever been to Atlanta, you know, the, the Georgia Aquarium is, is one of the top tourist destinations. It's an amazing aquarium. We had a beautiful facility. We were doing it in the dining room where you get to, to, to eat dinner with the whales. And, and I, did, I did all of the homework. I, I tried to find everybody that I knew that lived in the Atlanta area. Um, and I did as many invests as I could. And if you're familiar with Atlanta at all, the Georgia Aquarium is in the perimeter. And there is no way you're going to get somebody that lives in the suburbs to come downtown midweek to go to an event at the beautiful Georgia Aquarium. If people are going to invest in trying to do these in-person events, there's a lot of lessons to be learned about your venue, you, what city you're doing it in, 
and then really having an understanding of where your personas are actually physically located, regardless of the headquarters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All those things. I think those things were all still very true pre-pandemic as well. So post-pandemic, are you alluding to to hell with events, throw them out the window if they're in person? Or what's your viewpoint right now? Yeah, and I want I still want to find a way to make it work. I'm not seeing a lot of success with it. I think nothing, nothing beats, you know, being able to share a meal uh, between your prospects and your customers in the same room, right? On a Zoom that matches that. And and mm-hmm. it's that kind of, you know, commiseration and camaraderie around wine and food. But I just, you just, it doesn't, there's no match to it that I can think of. I'm still trying to figure out ways to make it work. You know, one, one of the things that we're thinking of doing is do what we call like a wraparound event. So like, for example, if we know we're going to go to a multi-day event and, you know, we're able to get the list of attendees and we can figure out from that list of attendees, which ones are customers, which ones are prospects, and then find a nice restaurant near the venue where this multi-day event is happening. And then maybe the night before when we think, okay, everyone's going to come in the night before, why don't we invite them to dinner that night? That we've done and had some success with. So I think there's still a way to do it, but still trying to figure it out. Yeah. So I think like you're saying, the value is immense. And as people I'm sure who are listening have gone to some events and you just get like awestruck with how you remember how important it is to have those conversations. Learning from the sessions, you can pick up a few things, but learning from someone you run into at the coffee line is way more valuable. Oh, yeah. Do you have any ways that you're looking at since you're running some of the biz dev teams to get more out of the events you're going to? We talked about the the dinners yeah. pre-post on the boring night, but how about why you're there? So one of the things that I've I've started to to do is because when you go to these events, it's, it's no one really uses business cards anymore. Normally what I'll try to do is like, if I'm connected with somebody, I'll try to remember to send them a LinkedIn email or a message. Well, normally a LinkedIn, because that, that's really the best place to do it. If someone goes, Hey, do you know Scott Logan? It's like, Oh yeah, I do. And then I look at the LinkedIn message and I can remember, Oh, okay. I saw Scott. I met him and I connect with him this event so that if I have to reach back out for anything, and make an introduction to somebody, I have that little nugget to trigger my memory and trigger your memory, whoever I've connected with, of like, oh yeah, I did meet Don at this event. Oh yeah, it was a great experience and you know, we want to do more or whatever. Um, like the hidden note taker. Yeah, because otherwise you meet all these people and then you, for, you forget about it, you know, two weeks. Yeah, and so I'm, yeah, I'm trying to yeah. figure out ways that I can make sure that I make those connections and then keep those connections because that's the value of, of doing these in-person events is to remember days and weeks after the event to go back and, you know, interact with that person and, and whatever was the bonding moment that you had when you connected with them. So on that days and weeks after the event, the business development part of your title, are you running a BDR team, some inside reps? What, what, what does that mean in yeah. your role? Yeah. Specifically? In, in my role, I do all of our, our partnerships, our partnership with Salesforce, obviously for lean data, they're, they're our number one. If you're not a customer of Salesforce, you're not going to be a customer of lean data. And then all of our technology partnerships, like what we do with Chronologic, uh, and then all of our systems integrations partners. So that's, that, that all falls under my umbrella. Okay. So you're going to those events and you connect with them, you send them a quick message right then and there. And, uh, what, what is typically the motion you would suggest like someone managing BDRs or someone who has some inside reps and they're a sales leader to do more than just 
call email after the because I guess what I get frustrated with on the marketing side is this motion that we've been doing forever and I'm guilty of it too is you get the scans and then you go home scrub the list and then I always had a meeting with the sales reps to make sure who talked to who yeah and then who stole the business cards and put it in their pocket because that's the hottest lead be like hey you keep the card yeah you keep the lead but at least tell it to me right so I can attribute it to the show and right. we can you know have a bigger sponsorship because my bullshit has been called a few times when I said, well, we're not going to go to the show again. And a rep who's been there 10 years goes, oh yeah, we are. <laughs> you don't get my cards. I'm keeping those. And I'm like, okay. That, so that, you're right. That, but maybe that, I can spend more money for you if you give me the name. Right? I, I have seen that happen. My, my biggest thing with, with, with SDRs is if you get the, if you get the privilege of going to an event, right. And, and as an SDR, it is a privilege, right? It's, you know, you're on the phone all the time. So getting to, to go on an event, that's like a, that's like a little bit of a change up to your job. You want to be able to mm -hmm. shine in that role. Well, the best way that you can shine is to make sure you scan as many people as you can and take as good of notes as you can on the person that you're scanning. Don't be that, that sales rep that pockets the business card and then doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also a fan of having a quick in-booth huddle oh, yeah. before the show starts. Oh, Still, here's the best practices. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to get people in. Remind people to, because uh, you get the junior folks to go out there. They've never been to a show before. And if they were hired in sales in the last two, three years for the first time, they've probably never been to a show and they've been in sales for three years. They don't know the motion of just like step in front of them and say hi and force them to be rude to you. Yep. Nine times out of 10, they're going to start a conversation if you just start one with them. Yep. Oh, yeah. On the marketing side. Oh, yeah. Sales reps can just say, they suck. That event sucked. No, I didn't get any leads from it. And then, or they could praise you. Yeah. But it makes no difference to them. Yeah. And the reason, the other reason I prefer to send SDRs and AEs to events is because yeah. they're a lot more conscious of the overall effort of if it's not your particular territory, you still want to do a good job at capturing the information for whoever's territory it is, right? And I think AEs tend to be worse than SDRs when it becomes, oh, it's not my lead. I'm not going to worry about it. Where you can train an SDR of like, hey, this is a team, this is a team sport. This is a, it's an event for the company. It's not an event for your territory. Do well and, and treat every lead as if it was your own. Take the notes, mm -hmm. scan it, handle it with care. Give it the care that you would give as if it was your number one lead from the event. And I think that that helps drive the overall performance at the end of the day of how well an event is. Yeah. So in what we've described, those are all better best practices if you're not doing those already. However, you still have the problem of the badge scan list gets taken home, gets cleaned up, gets thrown into a sequencing tool. And then what, four or five days later, maybe if you're fast, two to three days later, call email, call email, call email, call email. And that's when everyone else is doing the exact same thing. I've got a pro tip that I've used that I want your opinion on. Yeah. And it's, I have already prepped a calendar file. You can just forward and change the name. Just give me your email right now. And then I'll send an invite to you and I'll just pick a day in the future. That's the following week yep. and just send it to them with a quick note and a quick message. And when I do that, I'm finding that I can actually get somebody to accept that meeting right there while I'm standing in front oh, of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause, cause then you're erasing all of those middle steps that you're competing for attention with 
for everyone else that did the same thing at that event. So you're kind of up leveling your game by stepping in and making that appointment right there. What I tend to do if I'm at an event and I find something hot, I don't let it sit. Like I will literally slack whoever the rep is while I'm, while I'm in the booth and I'll be like, hey, I'm standing here with person X who is the number one persona at your hot account. I'd like to book with them right now. Can I connect you now? Don't even wait for that list to go home. Get those, get, be thoughtful about just erasing those middle steps in any way that you can, right? So either setting a calendar event, like you said, for yourself, or, you know, if it isn't your particular account, figure it out, go into, go into CRM, figure out who owns the account, and then, you know, reach out to them while they're on Slack. Like our RSDR team at, at Lean Data loves it when I go to events because I will sit there and Slack the channel. Yeah. Hey, who has this account? Who has this account? Because they know I'm standing there with that person. And, and it's like, I'll get replies right away. Oh, Don, that's that's John. Const John, John, can I get you connected to this person right now? Boom. And you get it handed off. And so when that list goes back, the, the thing we have to be careful when we do this, um, and the, our marketing guy will, will tell me tell you this, is if I have to make sure that I, I go back and say, okay, that meeting that got created <laughs> before the list got uploaded was actually uh, from yeah. that event, right? Well, because otherwise it looks like, you know, this this meeting came out of nowhere. The challenge in doing that is to always make sure that you go back so you can attribute it. Because again, you want to track that ROI, you want to have that campaign yep. influence or yep. campaign source uh, aligned the right way. And so that that's the challenge with doing that. But what a horrible problem to have. Like, you know, we jumped yeah. in, you had a meeting and things got kicked off early. Oh, okay. Now I got to go remember to go back and, and attribute it the right way. Oh, darn. Yeah. So one thing I've done on that is uh, you could just think of the meeting you have where you're trying to assign all the leads to everybody in, in having that team meeting afterwards with a spreadsheet. You could just say, hey, when I slack you or when anyone from the team slacks you, like you prep the folks at home and you prep the folks there and say, I'm going to slack you with these names of people or just take a screenshot of their information, whether it be from the card or from the scan and you get to see the information, just have this, the event name in the subject line of the calendar invite. Yeah. And then when you do that, you're proactively scheduling with them, then you can just search to see who it is. And it's different than sending an email with a Calendly link because no one wants to go and book their own meeting to be right. sold to after right. a trade show, especially after a trade you're show. Adding, Just send it to them. You're adding a step by doing that. Our own product is how can I create a calendar on an iPad, right? Where I can actually have the person enter their information, have it route to the right rep and have them book the meeting on the site on an iPad. That just, so rather than having a badge scan, like, hey, let's just carry on this iPad that I know has the calendar, you know, set up and ready to go. And, and we'll route it to the right person on the fly while we're standing there and it'll go to the right rep. If it doesn't get a rep, they'll get assigned a rep. And then rather than scanning badges, all I'm doing is booking meetings. And that's, that's, that's the nirvana for an event, right? Yeah. Thank you for pitching Chronologic. That was definitely <laughs> the plan. I will talk to you afterwards about doing that. But yes, that is Nirvana. And I've manually done that in other ways at other companies, which is why I ended up here. But that is the key, regardless of, of me just throwing that plug in there, because I love how you did that, because we, I've been doing that now for a year and it's been working great. You manually do it by having the Slack channel. You manually do it by right. just booking you're, right there with someone on the site. You're compressing the time, but there's still more you can do. There's still more that yep. I think we can do. To, to, to get it so that 
rather than scanning badges, I'm booking meetings. And then that's the ideal for going to an event, I think. I, I just want to share another pro tip that some people have said, well, isn't that kind of weird? And don't attendees think that's strange when you do that. And in my opinion, I don't really care what they think, but let me share it with you. So when you go to a show, you typically want to, as a sponsor, have a speaking session. Yep. Like that adds immense value to your presence at the show. And you may know this, you get the list from your breakout session days or weeks after you get the general list. Yep. Because they have to scrub it, they have to divide it up, they have to get it out to everyone, they email you the wrong list, whatever. Everyone has badge scanners or most shows now just have a badge scanner as part of the show app. Yeah. So you don't even need a device. You just log in with your phone. And I just stand there right next to the conference's person as they walk into the door. And I, they say, hey, beep, thank you for coming. And I'm like, yep, hey, thanks. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and I just beep them too. And if I miss some people, I will literally walk around the room and scan everyone who I didn't get. And uh, then guess what? You have your breakout session list right there. Oh, yeah. And I've even gone as far as having the marketing person who's with me come with me to the session. Just sent out an email to everybody. It has a link in it to meet with us and, and request a demo or book a meeting with me or whatever. Uh, go ahead and open your phones out. Break the rules now. Before you forget, do that right now. And I'll just wait for people to do that. Yeah. And we've booked like up to 10 or 12 meetings right there during the actual breakout oh, yeah. session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, I've done something somewhat similar. I, I have done, when I've done my presentation on Lean Data, what Lean Data does is, is matching and routing, revenue orchestration. And so at the mm -hmm. end, I'll say, hey, look, you're, gonna, you're now going to take the Lean Data challenge. And I'll put up a QR code, and the QR code will actually go to our demo page. And I'll say, I'm going to challenge you right now. Like, I know, I, I built this when I was in RevOps, right? Because I was in RevOps before I did partnerships and alliances. Oh, and yeah. I know that we have a 10-minute SLA that when someone, <laughs> when someone fills out a demo request form, they'll get a reply back from the right person at Lean Data within 10 minutes. And it doesn't matter if you're a customer, you're a prospect, you have an open opportunity, doesn't matter. The right person that manages you and our company will contact you within 10 minutes when you fill out this form. And I'll put the QR code up there and it has never failed. Like, cause someone will, oh, yeah. but we, uh, every one of our, yeah, cause I, I know that SLA and I know how closely we all watch you know, when a lead comes in, that it goes through the right process uh, and yep. it gets assigned and gets, and gets followed up on right away. And it's just amazing to watch when you have like, you're in an event when you have you're speaking to 50 people, you know, five or six of them do it. And that's five or six demo requests. That's five or six new opportunities for an SDR. It's a really neat way to show off your own technology. Uh, when you're when you're speaking at an event. Yeah. So that last half of that last sentence is the key there, I think, for whatever you sell, find out how in your breakout session, yep. usually it's a case study session that these conferences want you to provide, right? So it's no shame in telling your product because your customers are speaking Excellent. about it. Find a way to have them engage with the actual software there on site. If it's yep. a chat tool, have everyone open up and start a conversation, figure out what that is so that they can engage with it. That I, I like that idea. I, I believe in it as well. Yeah. So. Earlier, you were talking about a moment in which you didn't realize all the components of, a, of an event you had to do when you had to do one from scratch <laughs> on your own, yes. like perhaps regarding budget, because you just think, oh, 
I have to worry about the logistics. And then all of a sudden you get bills to things. Could you share a little bit of that? Yeah. Because I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Obviously, I want to maximize my value when I go to an event, right? And I think there was this one time we went to a restaurant where when you go to these events, you want to go to a nice place, right? But you don't want to like blow the budget either. And you usually figure out, you kind of know based on the type of restaurants you're going to go to in the city that you're in, what that dollar value is going to be. And normally if it's like I can let, you know, our, our VP of finance know, it's like, okay, I'm good. There, there isn't an issue with expensing or anything like that. And I had an event one time where we did one and it was the, the thing on the menu was AQ, right? And AQ, if you go to a restaurant, it means as quoted. Well, I, I don't know if, I don't know if she said it and I wasn't paying attention or she didn't say it, we had someone, we had two people order one each of, of the AQ item and the bill came and I just paid for it. I didn't think to look at it. And when I went to expense it, my baby writers was like, what was this? Who ordered this? And I, and I looked back on it and it was like, whoa, it was like one third of the bill was this one item that got ordered. My advice is, you know, if you are, if you are doing these events and you need to keep an eye on budget, one of the one of the tricks I've tried to do. There's two tricks because the other thing that gets carried away is drinks, right? People, yeah. someone will order like a an exorbitant bottle of wine, right? There's two things. If you can try to get a prefix menu, right? So you'll know, yeah. be like, hey, we're, I'm going to have 20 people. I, I would like you know three or four items, and I want to keep it within this budget. Can I do a special menu? Normally, restaurants will work with you. They'll put something together, right? And then if not, keep an eye for you know no one can order the AQ item, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that I found, and again, restaurants will work, will work with you if you have to do this, is in advance, find the wine list, uh, either online or, or get there early and figure out a nice red and a nice white that's in the price range of what you want to spend and order, order those bottles in advance, have them on the table, and then let the waiter know, hey, look, if anybody wants more wine, this is the wine, this is the red, this is the white that I want to use. That's actually a trick that our CEO told me. And that that's worked really well as well. And it's it's no one's ever complained, right? I mean, it's just red wine, white wine. It can get out of control if you don't if you don't have that 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 little valve on the front end to make sure that you're not yeah. turning it on where it's like, oh, order anything you want. And then someone orders a five hundred dollar bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done that as well. I think that that's definitely smart to do because you can't say, oh, you can't order that all of a sudden yeah you, know, entire, you don't want to your, your company's worthless yeah, you don't what that. you can't afford a bottle of wine yeah yeah definitely guide them on the path and i would say another thing for if you're an event planner who is now just getting into events when i was running one of my first events where i had like full ownership of the budget like i was the approver of how the event ran and i asked one of the vps of sales what they did last year and they were like oh it was great we had this event and this night of drinks. And then the, after this main happy hour, we tried to guide everyone up to this fondue bar when it was a chocolate fondue bar that we had. And it was huge. And the fountain and the whole works, it was beautiful. And so I thought, oh, he seemed to like it. And that seemed to be something. So I'm starting to look into like really fabulous, extravagant things. <laughs> and then I'm like saying, hey, to the CEO, you're going to the show. Do you want a rundown of the show that a rundown of what we're doing? And he goes, yeah, but don't do it did last year. Get a fondue bar that costs 10 grand <laughs> and no one went to and causes you to get fired because oh, that's why you don't have God. an events manager on your team. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, scrap that. Start from scratch. Here's what we're doing. Lean. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Any, anything extra that you'd like to share or, or, or closing words? We'll try and wrap up all of this knowledge that we put together. I would say, you know, we're, we're trying to make, we're trying to make things come back. If you do get invited to those in-person events, do what you can to, to attend. I think that they will be worth it. I think if you have not been at one in a while and you don't remember how valuable it can be to do, it really is something that you can't replace with, with a webinar or with a Zoom event that, you know, there's really nothing that beats being able to see and meet and talk to somebody in person. And whether that's at a multi-day event or you get to bring together customers and prospects, it's, it, the value is, is almost immeasurable. So, you know, I would encourage you if you get invited to something to attend it. And if you aren't doing them, if you aren't doing the events, start looking to see way, you know, using the tips that we've given you, what things can you do within your own domain to, to make these events work for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I think to go back to the original start of the discussion with the roadshows, I think be careful and be cautious with roadshows post-pandemic. They were already hard enough as it is, but perhaps test the waters on a small scale at first just to see if different regions are willing to get out. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, Don. It was a good time. Yeah, Thank pleasure. you so much. Yeah, it was a blast. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us for Making Fun of Marketing. This is a hard job, especially with events and and events post-pandemic, figuring out what we're supposed to do. Go back to normal, or is it modified a little bit? Probably a little bit of modified. So you can take away some new insights for the 2023 season here. And if you like this content, go ahead and give it a good review. Subscribe, and you can see more of the podcast content at chronologic.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much. Hopefully this was a bright spot in your day. You can go ahead and listen to more episodes at chronologic.com forward slash podcast and give us a five-star review and subscribe if you just want to hear more and get a bet. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.